0: Hey, I'm Taz.
1: I'm Caroline.
0: Welcome to The Life Resume. Hey, Caroline. Hey,
1: Taz. How's it going?
0: Good. How are you? Good. It
1: feels good to like put the headphones on, be back Mm. in the microphone. It it feels like it's been a while.
0: It it has been a while. Like I feel like I sort of have the the first time, heebie-jeebies. <laughs>
1: yeah, little butterflies in my stomach, <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, well, we took some time off. We we needed to step away from the mics for a bit, get away from screen time for a bit, and just just take care of ourselves. And
1: but we're back now. And uh, and speaking of self care, we have a wonderful guest um, for this episode, to who also mentions self care among many other things, including tax <laughs> yeah.
0: So we thought that this being tax time we thought that this is a great time to bring you this episode um so we speak with Amanda Tosette who is a a writer, a blogger, a podcaster an advocate a cake maker and a tax lawyer and she her whole goal is, to make tax accessible, to make tax fun, to make tax not scary, not daunting, and to make it really friendly. So we have this conversation with her and she's going to tell us about her journey and how she got to this point and some of her tidbits on tax.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you covered it. It's it's a really fun and I think a little bit surprising conversation, but like pleasant surprises, you know, it's like a little bit of the head tilt, like what? That's cool. (laughs) So I, I love talking to Amanda. She had such a great personality and so much passion for tax. So I'm excited to hear what our listeners think.
0: If you could see the recording, um, you could just see the passion. And you could you could see mine and Caroline's gobsmacked faces and the, the twinkle in Amanda's eyes. So with that, we're really excited to bring you Amanda. Hey Amanda, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: We're excited too.
1: Yeah, we're excited. So maybe we could start off with, um, you you could tell a little bit about yourself by uh, answering the question, if you were to describe your life resume, how would you describe it? Oh, I was thinking
2: about this before I came on. So I would describe my life resume using two words. I would describe it by saying that I'm a communicator and I'm a collaborator, and those two words filter into every single piece of my life. So I love working with other people and meeting other people and having curious conversations with people and learning about their lives and why they do what they do and what they love. And I I love to take complex topics and talk about them with people in a way that people can understand. And so I like to talk about tax. And so one of the things I enjoy communicating about is to take a topic that most people find to be pretty complex and break it down because i believe that communication is the key to everything. i mean knowledge is power but you can't get knowledge if you don't understand what's going on. and so those two things weave into all aspects of my life.
0: and how do you do that? so how do you take some, like a topic like tax and make it something that people can understand and digest and and not boring. i was talking to my husband
2: about <laughs> this the other night because i Sometimes I worry that I'm not communicating in a way that's really accessible and easy to understand. And, and that's my hugest goal. So my goal for like 2021 is I really want to work on communicating. I've been reading a book about the five stars to communicating. And it's just fascinating when it talks about you know how people receive a message. And if you have a short period of time to tell someone something, what's important to say in that short period of time and and how you communicate and the tone you use and the words you use and how that impacts things. So I think that the reason why I'm good at communicating about tax in an accessible way is that I come to it from a place that maybe is a bit non-traditional. So I do not have a business background. I do not have a math background. In fact, I despise math. I despise it. It's horrible. I still despise it. I don't like spreadsheets. And I find that when I come upon a tax problem, I come upon it with the same feelings that my clients often do, which is, you know, you feel very overwhelmed. You, you feel like you don't know what's going on. And so I think that helps because I understand where they're coming from. And so then I can take a step back and say, how am I learning about this? So when I get a new problem or something new that I have to approach, I have a certain way that I approach it to figure it out for myself first before I try to explain it to someone else. And I have found over the years that the way I approach things tends to be the way that other people find helpful as well. And so I think communicating properly means that first you have to be able to understand it yourself. And if you don't have that full understanding yourself, then you need to go and get that knowledge before you try to teach or communicate to someone else. I'm a really curious person too. So I love to ask questions and I have no problem reaching out to others who work in the area or who are in different disciplines and have a chat with them about whatever this issue is, you know, how are you looking at it? What are you thinking? And then together we can come up with with kind of an
1: understanding or a plan. This is just so fascinating. I already know that we could talk for hours because because I love communications and that's like part of my background. And um, I just think it's so interesting how you've been able to sort of see the connection between what like the communication, the collaboration and tax, which even though I sort of knew a little bit about you coming into this call, the way that you just described it was like a shock almost. You're, I was like, what? Tax? Like, what? Are you kidding me? But I think it also just speaks to how you are able to kind of um, maybe do a little bit of the non-traditional approach. And I'd love to know a little bit more about how How did this, like, what were some of your interests or passions that led you to tax if you hate numbers? I'm dying to know. <laughs> So I think that if I go
2: back to, let's go back to high school. I won't go back any further than that. And I won't say how long ago high school was, but it was it was a few years ago. So if we go back to high school, I was having a couple of years where I was not a wayward teen. I was always like a, a, I know a good student and my parents kind of had rules and I'm an only child. And so there's that piece. So I think that my parents were just noticing that I didn't really have not like a purpose, but I just wasn't really excited about anything. And my dad had read about this youth for human rights conference that was happening. And my dad was a professor of anatomy and cell biology. He's been, he's passed away a number of years ago, but he, his second love was law. And so, you know, I grew up and dad was always reading John Grisham books and like, that was his thing. And so he heard about this conference and he decided that I needed to go to this conference. And it was a free conference that was put on for high school students and it was co-sponsored by our Public Legal Education Association in Saskatchewan. And uh, I ended up getting connected with those people. And to be quite frank with you, it changed my life. And I I don't know if I would be where I am if I hadn't had that connection. And it brought me into this world of advocacy and the idea of, you know, human rights for young people around the world and the concept of rights versus responsibilities. I ended up working as um a facilitator or like a youth ambassador for the Children's Advocate Office, which is a a governmental entity here in in our province. And I was in charge of a group of youth called the Provincial Youth Delegation. And these youth came from all over the province. And they, some of them were in care or in custody. Um, Some of them lived far up north. Some of them lived very far in the south. They lived in all different communities. They came from different backgrounds. They were different races. And our goal was to empower young people in the province. So I mean, you know, we stormed the ledge a couple of times and that was exciting. And, and, and I think it kind of brought out my inner scrappy, which I didn't really know was there. And so that was something that I was doing. And and so thinking about this concept of law and of rights and of advocacy and of speaking out, it kind of sparked something in me. And so then I went to university and I did psychology because I kind of wanted to be a clinical neuropsychologist. That was my jam. Um, Took my three years of undergrad, but was taking courses to do an honors because I planned to go and do graduate work. And that was the thing. But there wasn't a lot of work at that time or a lot of career opportunities. And I kept thinking about the law. And so I wrote the LSAT. Didn't do that good. I remember crying because at that point you got like the results in the mail, like you didn't get it on the Internet. And my parents were away. And I remember getting the letter and going, I'm never getting into law school. My life is over. And I still got into law school and it was fine. And I went to law school and was kind of focusing on, you know, litigation. Because I love to communicate. I love to talk. And so for me, the idea of looking at contracts or, or dealing with secured financing, it just wasn't my jam. It wasn't something I was interested in. So I took the minimum number of business courses, just enough to like make sure I wasn't incompetent in the area. And I was going to be a family law lawyer and a civil litigator. That was my plan. And I went and I clerked for the court. So I did all litigation work. And I came back to my firm and I started doing litigation. And I really didn't like it. Really didn't like it. Couldn't figure out why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. And about, I don't know, five or six months um, into starting at the firm, uh, one of our associates had to move away. And she was doing tax litigation and she was moving out east with her husband. And there was a trial coming up. And so one of our senior partners came down the hall and he said, I need some help. Do you want to try tax litigation? And I said to him, I'm really bad at math. Is that okay? And he said, yeah, it's fine. You don't need to be good at math. And man, did I love it. It was just, it opened up this thing for me that I had never, I didn't even know tax litigation was a thing. Like nobody had explained that in law school. So tax litigation combined my love of communication and litigation with this new challenge of tax. And I realized the tax was just another puzzle that needed to be figured out. But at the other end of the puzzle was this person who was having to, you know, fight against or or go up against the government. I mean, there's there's nothing sort of scarier than that, right? When you're in that scenario. And so here I was advocating for this person and trying to make sure that they were doing the right thing. And and it was just it sparked something in me. So I started as a tax litigator, and then eventually, after a couple of years, I started getting the tax training. So I went and got the in depth. I did a master in tax and. I can do the corporate planning and and I enjoy it as well, but tax litigation is my true love. So that's kind of the long-winded story of how I got to where I am. Um,
0: Number one, when you like talk about tax, you're like whole body language just like (laughs) lightening up. I get so excited. And I also like, I call that a beautiful oops. Like the fact that you were on this one path and then you had this like lawyer down the hall, just be like, hey, can you do this? You jump in and this is, it was just magic beautiful Mm -hmm. oops I think it's like a good reminder to say yes to
2: opportunities when they come to you because you never know you never know what opportunity will bring you and maybe it doesn't bring you a new career path but it will probably bring you a new person into your life or a new idea or a new challenge and that will frame you and it'll affect the way that you show up every day and so I try to say yes to opportunities because meeting new people is always fascinating and trying new
0: things is always good how do you make the time for all of the yeses? I'm not very good at it. (laughs) So 2021,
2: one of my other goals um, is self-care. I don't know. I know it's an overused word, but I have no problem setting goals for my career and for my business and for kind of what I want to do. But for some reason, when it comes to setting goals for myself, like for what I need, getting sleep, eating lunch, drinking water, very basic things. I'm like, oh, that that can get put off, that can get put off. And uh, this year I'm like, no, we, we can't do that anymore. It's affecting the way that I come into my day. So I've been taking some very, I don't know, some very pointed steps to make sure I'm looking after myself and working a lot on time management and listening to myself so that if I feel like, hmm, I feel thirsty, not continuing and pushing on with a file, going and grabbing water. I mean, I'm working from home right now. There's no excuse, right? Um, but just kind of listening to my cues and giving myself the right to stop um, and to do things. And I'm finding that people are very understanding that if they ask you to do something within a certain time frame, like to, to help with something that's you know a non-billable project, like be on a podcast or write an article, that most of the time people have a deadline. And if you look at the deadline, you're like, I, I can't do that, but I could do this. 99% of the time people say, absolutely, sounds great. And so it's about taking control of that and being okay with asking for help and asking if we can do something different. And, and I'm really working on it. We're only a month in and I'm getting a little better.
1: Awesome. <laughs> that's, that's so great. And I think um, it, you've already brought up two goals. Are there any other goals for this year that you have? I'm dying to know. Well, I mean I have goals
2: for for some of my business stuff because I have my podcast, I have the Tax Chick podcast and I have the Tax Chick blog. And I my goals for those things are not necessarily financial, like it's not about making money or about getting other clients, it's about changing the dialogue. And so if kind of at the end of 2021, I'm at a place where I feel like generally business owners at least in Saskatchewan know that this resource exists that would make me do a happy dance. Like if I could reach more people and start to change the tone of the way people are talking about tax. I don't want people to be sad. I want people to be happy. I mean, maybe not everyone's going to like vibrate with excitement like I do when I talk about tax, but tax is really interesting. And if I can get more people to kind of think that way and to seek out knowledge so they don't feel so alone and so scared about the things that are happening to them, that would just be so awesome. So.
0: So I have to ask you, can you just give us an example of like part of the dialogue that you want to change? So I think
2: that I'm going to make a generalization here, which is, which is always a scary thing, but there's a lot of tax professionals who deal with very complex tax matters and and tax is complex. Tax is hard. I'm not going to say it's not, but there's this idea that if there's a problem, oh, you have to immediately phone someone and they're gonna just fix it and they're not gonna explain to you what's going on. And there's a bit of a, of a facet, I think, of our profession that that doesn't necessarily believe that there's value in taking the time to explain to the client what's going on. And in certain circumstances, maybe there isn't, I don't know. I I look at it a little bit differently. and And I think that if clients understand some basic foundational principles, they will make better decisions so that when they're coming to see me, we're getting to do planning. Like we're not trying to fix something or we're not scrambling to deal with an appeal or an audit or something that's happening. Instead, we're looking ahead and we're thinking of all these great options that might be available. And so I think it's about changing the way that people interact with their tax advisors, if that makes sense. And to get people to feel a bit more confident in the decisions they're making on a daily basis and to start establishing their team. And I talk a lot about who your team should be and I think business owners need a team. And so I'm trying to sort of move in that direction so that we get professionals talking more openly about these issues and explaining things in a a bit of a different way to their clients and clients being more comfortable asking the question.
1: So how did you, how did you sort of land on this place? You gave a little bit of, um, history into how you got to tax. And then how did you see that there was this, um, I'll call it a need or a gap or, or this different perspective that you wanted to bring? Um, what was it that made you sort of think like, Hey, I could do something here because what's being, I can see the tide of communication for sure, you know, and mm-hmm. what's being communicated. Um, it, it, Maybe it didn't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I like it. it didn't sit well, or you saw something that you, you wanted to change. How did you, how did you know, pick up on that? I think that I picked up on it be, for two reasons.
2: So I think one is every month I was getting phone calls and the phone calls were asking me the same things. And they were coming in from the general public, or they were coming in from advisors in other areas who had clients with tax issues. And a lot of the times the problem was that there's a cost associated with representing someone. And I found I was, I was like priced out of certain situations because even though that particular issue to that client was massive, by the time they paid me to help them, it would have been more than what they owed CRA. And there was, there was nothing in the market that I could see that I could tell the client, go here and this will be able to help you. And so I realized I was repeating myself a lot because I'd have these phone conversations and I'd just give advice and try to help the best I could and and, and point people in the direction of resources. And I was doing it over and over and over again, but it was this one-off conversation that I was having with someone. And uh, so I think that was one of the things I realized is, well, maybe I could start sharing the discussions in these one-off conversations in a bigger way so it can reach more people to help people. And the other thing is I have a lot of friends um, in Saskatoon who are business owners. Uh, who have issues that pop up and they don't know what to do. And so it sort of sparks these conversations. And a lot of the topics that I've been focusing on in the podcast in the last year are topics that have been submitted by friends or other people that follow me and say, hey, I've got this issue. Um, can you talk about that? Because I can't find an answer. So it's kind of in those two things. And, and I think I think I just realized that I was maybe practicing a little bit differently because I started getting more of these calls and I was talking to others who weren't receiving these calls. So I got the feeling that word was kind of getting out there that, well, Amanda will point you in the direction you need to go. And I think that there's a greater service as a lawyer to give back to the community. And there is no like legal aid clinic or or pro bono clinic for tax issues. And you have to always be so careful about or client privilege. And like, when are you their lawyer? And like, there's all of that stuff. Right. So I thought, is there some way I can disseminate some information and give people some resources so that they don't feel so alone?
0: What was like, what have you observed as the response to your blog and to the podcast? Like how are, how are people responding to that? And then my second question is how are people in your sector responding to that? Like other lawyers or tax lawyers, like how are they responding to the way that you're doing things?
2: So I think that the response, um, it was sort of slow initially, um, from others to the podcast and the blog, but it's starting to pick up. And the one thing I've noticed is I've had some people reach out to me and say, this is so interesting. I had no idea. I look forward to your tax trivia on Tuesdays. I look forward to this because I'm learning something or I'll have someone say, you know, because of your podcast episode, I reached out to this person or, and so I think it's, um, I think it's been a bit of a slow burn, but I feel like it's accomplishing what it's supposed to be accomplishing, which is creating this community of people who want to learn and who want to sort of change the dialogue about tax. So I think it's starting to work. Um, I'm going to keep going and keep kind of feeling out the fires, but that's sort of how I feel about that. In terms of the tax community, I mean, one of the things that's been really amazing about doing this is it's allowed me to meet tax professionals from around the world. So I mean, through through posting on LinkedIn, through posting on Instagram, I, I now call them like all my fellow tax chicks. Um, and I've got all these amazing female tax practitioners who I've met and it's so cool. And they all have different specialties and and everyone's kind of speaking the same dialogue. And the other thing I found is that there's these pockets of professionals across Canada and the US who are thinking exactly what I'm thinking and who wanna communicate the exact same way. And so they're sharing and they're promoting and they're, you know, coming up with ideas and they're spreading the word because they also believe in this concept of collaboration and communication. And so it's cool because I felt like I was alone before. I felt like I was one of the only people that was kind of thinking this way, which maybe was just, I mean, I don't know, super indulgent of myself to think I was the only one that was doing this. I, (laughs) I am not. Um, there's been some really amazing people that I've met, um, that are helping to spread the word and continue the conversation. And that's been one of the most rewarding
1: pieces of, of doing this. That's so amazing. So I feel like you maybe touched on this a little bit before, but, um, how do you, how do you, I don't want to use the word balance, but um, how do you juggle doing this sort of, it feels much more of like a creative, maybe right brain kind of activity of the blog and the podcast and all of that um, with sort of your, your work and, and being Probably a little bit more left brain numbers, um, kind of right and wrong answers, although I'm sure there's a lot of gray too, but um, how do you, how do you kind of um, integrate those and, and, you know, how does it sort of, I'm curious how it kind of feeds you or fills you up?
2: So I think that one of the things I was missing in the last couple of years was some form of creative pursuit. And I had a business coach ask me, well, what's your hobby? And she's like, you can't say working out because like we bought it. we we bought you know we have a we have a spin bike and like I love Pilates and like, she goes no you can't say working out that's not a hobby. And so I started thinking, "Man, what are my hobbies? I don't really have hobbies anymore. All I do is work and I come home and and I meet mean, my husband and I enjoy basketball and we do things in the city, but I don't have a hobby and I used to have hobbies. I used to have creative pursuits. I used to love to draw I wasn't very good at it but loved it um I loved to bake. I took all the Wilton cake decorating classes like I can make you a three tiered wedding cake if you need me to. Um, I used to do all those things, and I didn't do them anymore and so What I think about the blog and the podcast is it's been this really amazing creative pursuit. I don't see it as, um, as my day job. I see it as my hobby on the side because i actually don't mind talking about tax outside of work i'm i'm not that person that gets grumpy when they talk about work when they're not at work i i think it's fascinating and i think learning about people's businesses is fascinating and talking to people is fascinating so learning all the technology i mean you guys know this right how do you record a podcast how do you edit a podcast i mean that's all been a process and learning how to set up a website and figuring out social media And then my husband um, has been trying to get back into music. That's his creative pursuit. So this kind of got him on the road that he created my intro and outro music. So then he created some music. So we kind of did something together. And so I think it's about, you know, choosing how much time I want to spend in my day doing both of those things. And I do a lot of pre-planning. And so usually like the first Sunday of every month, I'm planning out my month for what's happening on my various social media feeds and things and really try to be careful how often I'm going on and how often I'm doing things. So everything is planned and scheduled, but it's like scheduled fun.
1: What a great way to look at it. I think it's really interesting that um, just the way you think about it, because I think it's so easy to sort of say, well, my hobby can't be what I do for work, but yet actually it could be very much related if you truly enjoy it and if it if it feeds you, I think that's that's really exciting and really cool. Um, what would you like to sort of see what's your vision of the future if you carry on this path? Well, I think that my
2: sort of shorter term vision is is kind of what I indicated that if I if people start knowing that this resource exists. And then even more so if other people start replicating it, that would be cool. Um, If other people in their jurisdictions and in their places start talking about tax and sharing information and communicating in this way, if I could kind of start like a revolution of some sorts in terms of the way we look at things. But I have like this bigger picture goal that I didn't really say out loud until earlier this year. And someone said to me, you need to say your goals out loud, otherwise they won't happen. And so I was on the phone with with Angela Hahn. And Angela Hahn has a great podcast um, called Fit to Practice. And she has guests on talking about the legal practice and, and kind of in, incorporating health and wellness into your practice. And Angela rocks. So Angela and I were on this Zoom call and she was getting deep with me. And she was like, what's your goal, Amanda? And so then I just said it out loud. I said, I want to do a TED Talk. And then I waited to see what she was going to do. And she was like, yes, let's do it. And so I think her reaction helped me to be like, okay, this is doable because it seems like. A crazy, lofty, insane goal, but why not? I would like to do a TED talk talking about communication and tax and how we can change the conversation. And that's like a long term goal for myself, but that would be something that would be so cool to be able to share with the world.
0: Well, I want to do a TED talk too. See so you! Oh, yay! <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like one of my goals as well. And I have that goal slated for like 2022, 23. So oh. we need to just like. Keep we should talk on this cool.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You heard it here first, right? <laughs> You'll be able to look back and think, I said it out loud and then it happened. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, That's
0: my hope. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's out now. Like it's, it's going to be in the air. The universe has it now.
2: That's right. It's up to the universe. Yeah. It's up to the universe. <laughs>
1: Amanda, this has been great. I really, I still feel like we could talk for hours, um, but we like to end each show just asking where people can find more about you and follow you if they're interested in learning more. Wonderful. So if you're you're on Instagram and you enjoy that, I am
2: at tax.chick. Um, and that's where you can find things. And I recently learned how to use Linktree. I was very proud of myself. So now, when you link in my bio, you can get to my blog and the podcast. I, I did a little happy dance when I figured that out. That's so it, you can I mean, do all that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: That's a big it was deal. A very yeah. big deal. Yes. Cool. <laughs> So that's one place you can easily find me. Um, Also, if you just Google the Tax Chick blog or the Tax Chick podcast, it'll pop up as well. I'm also on LinkedIn, if you're on LinkedIn, as Amanda said, so feel free to connect with me there. And uh, I really appreciate coming on today. It's been
0: really fun. Thank you for coming on. This this conversation was great. So many aha moments and just like so many, like I think it was just so nice to, to take something that like for me personally is so daunting and scary and just like hearing this other side of it and yeah it's really great yeah
1: for sure i feel the same way as taz i didn't think i could have this much fun talking about taxes.
0: i mean as like <laughs> offline can we please talk about this three-tiered cake situation yes <laughs> we can
1: yes oh my goodness yes <laughs> thank you thanks guys thank you so much amanda